0: Welcome to the United Cast. It's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew, and today I'm talking about Manchester United's four-two win in the Premier League away to Leeds United at Ellen Road. Um, w- what a game. Um, I mean, whether or not you think we played well or not, um, or whether or not we as a fan base think that we played well. Um, you can't deny that that was that was quite a game of football. That was one that you couldn't really take your eyes off, which I think is always how you want it really. You don't really want any boring games of football. Uh, we've got six goals to talk about, which is more than we've had recently. We've had a lot of 1-1 draws and and things like that. But um so yeah, let me try and let me try to answer that question. I don't know if I've got a definitive answer, but did we play well today? I think there's two elements that go into that that tie into that with this particular game, I think that obviously you've got the factor that the pitch was really 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 wet, and yes, the players should be used to playing in those conditions, but it still doesn't make it easy to play football. Um, I think we did well in those literally in those conditions. It was quite windy as well, wasn't it? They there was a um particular point where I think Rafina, Rafina, uh, where he took a corner and you could literally see the corner flag blowing. So that plays an element as well so th- there's certain passes today that I was trying to look at and think is that a bad pass because you made a bad pass or was it a bad pass because the ground like the ball barely moves on that kind of surface uh, you could see like the water sort of skidding or the ball skidding through the water at certain points so um or the the, the very wet pitch so that hasn't happened for a while actually but obviously we've got some uh relatively bad weather in the uk at the moment and uh, obviously that that did play a factor you know as much as we want to say these players should be uh good at all times which they should um i think when that happens you know is is an element it is an element of play the other factor that goes into that question is uh leads do give you a lot of space uh, i've watched some highlights of their games this season and uh I I think that there's three elements that go into that. One, their goalkeeper doesn't seem to be very good at shot-stopping. Some of the goals that we scored, he was beaten quite easily. at sort of his near post and stuff. Um, I think that their leads defensively are very, very open. And it gave us a lot of time and space. And that's probably why we got the four goals. Obviously, one of them was from a set-piece, finally, after 140 corners, I think. Um... So did we play well? I thought we played well at times. I don't think we played well for the entire 90 minutes, certainly. I don't think we've done that for a long time, uh, which is which is a shame. But um, yeah, it was certainly a um, heated game. Obviously, there's the rivalry between us and Leeds. Now, I'm not really sort of... If you were to say to me, like, who are Man United rivals with? The first team I'd tell you is Liverpool. And obviously of recently, in the last 10 years or so, Man City. Now maybe it's because... I can't recall too many times I've actually watched Man United play against Leeds. Because when you think of the rivalry that we've got with Liverpool and Man City, we play them twice, if not more times per season. Obviously we played them sometimes in the FA Cup games, sometimes in the Carabao Cup games. So we play Man City and Liverpool quite regularly... Uh, some people would say Arsenal and Chelsea. I don't really consider them. I mean, Arsenal, there's a certain rivalry. Obviously, the, the Wenger, um, Fergie era, but that's long gone. Um, but, and then there's like, I mean, that rival game and the Keane versus Vieira. But those, those days have gone. Uh, and Chelsea, I don't really consider a rival per se. Obviously, they're like one of the big teams we compete against. But in terms of our rivalry against Leeds, I guess I'm sort of like newer to it in a way. Just because, like, I recognise there's, like, some history and stuff with us and Leeds, but I've just not really... I mean, Leeds have been in the Championship for a a, a while until their recent sort of resurgence, and they got promoted, what was it, a couple of seasons ago to the Premier League? And only then did I actually start, like, noticing them, I I suppose, as a team. I suppose what I'm trying to say is I've got much more exposure... And I've seen a lot more games against the likes of Arsenal back in the day. And against Liverpool and Man City. Whereas with the Leeds, I just haven't really seen that as much. Um, you know. But anyway, that that's kind of my, my thoughts on on them as a rival. Um, but I absolutely consider Man City and Liverpool to be like a bigger rival. Because we're in, well, kind of competition with them. And, um they're one of the big teams and we play them very regularly so we're just more used to seeing it anyway um yeah uh still some very sloppy passing today um some very shocking goals conceded i thought uh i i i have i have a lot of things to say about the players but i do want to try and leave that to the player ratings thing but overall i thought it was a great game to watch um uh, i mean even if you're like a neutral if you're like not really a football fan, or if you support a completely different team, this probably would have been a just just a good game of football to watch, both because of the nature of the rivalry and how like um, tough the game was and stuff, but also because there was six goals, which is from a pe- from a spectator's point of view is is great to watch. Um, we should probably talk about the elephant in the room, I suppose. Uh, some of you might be wondering, what am I talking about? I suppose Dan James is the, ele- the, the elephant in the room. Um, I thought he played alright. I thought it's one of... The, I, I think with Leeds, it's one of them situations where they've got a few very good players, like James, Rafinha, Phillips... Um, what's his name? Bamford, who's been injured for a while. Their goalkeeper isn't very good. Ayling, I thought, was pretty decent. It's one of them teams where... Because a lot of people have said about how good Bielsa is as a coach. I don't really know him and, and, and that kind of thing. You can tell the the type of football that Leeds play. It's quite obvious. But um, I look at that Leeds team and I think if you get just a couple more really good players in that team. And a better defence. Basically if you get a better defence. And a clinical striker. I think they would do alright. Um and obviously they are missing Phillips and Banford, which is part of their well, defensive midfield and their striker. But um they're an okay or an alright team. Uh I don't quite think that they'll get relegated. Um they're not actually in the relegation zone right now anyway. Uh but yeah, we'll see how it goes for them. Um but no, alright, let's get into I haven't got too much else to say. I suppose I can dig into things once I um once I talk about the summary. Um, I do want to say a lot of things about Lindelof, actually, in this game. Um, things I've just mentioned, it, actually, I'll mention it now, now instead of saving it for later. So, obviously, I've been, and I tweeted about this, you know, I'm not going to try and hide what I've said, or whatever, there's no reason for me to do that. Um, I think Lindelof's having an interesting time at Main United. the last three games that he's played, obviously, his house was unfortunately attacked, or broken into, and he had to step away from a few games, that's understandable. I think this is his return game, isn't it? Because uh, uh, Varane and Maguire have been playing recently. So for me, what, what's the future of Lindelof at Man United? Um, I I don't know if I'd try this next game, like which is the Athletic co Madrid one. I think I'd try, I'd try it the one afterwards. I would like to see Lindelof used in the midfield. Because his passing is actually quite good. And his passing is better than both Fred's and McTominay's. So automatically you've got a CDM, poten- potentially a CDM player... Who could have two defenders behind him anyway? If you were to play well, my choices would be Bailey, and Varane, and not Maguire. Um, I think that would work as a decent three, because even in this game, even though he did better than he has done, I still thought there was there was some moments where I was like, "Oh, Lindelof, have you, you know have you sort of done that?" Especially with one of Leeds' goals, that I'll talk about once we get through the summary. Um, I still have big question marks about him defensively. But I do think his passing I do think his passing is an asset and I've said this before and I'll stick to the same opinion. Being really good at passing and not defending doesn't make you a good defender because you need to be good at, you know, defending to be a good defender. But if you were to move him up the pitch basically and have him as a defensive midfielder, so that basic what you could essentially have this is how to use utilise him better in my opinion, I think. Is if you play two more solid defenders in Bailey and and Varan behind him. So even if Lindelof doesn't quite manage to get a tackle off or something. He's got two really good defenders behind him. And when we try and play it out from the back. And we've got Maguire and Varane and McTominay as that three. That doesn't work. So if you take McTominay out. You put Lindelof in. And basically. Because what, what you're supposed to do is. De Gea passes the ball to either of those two centre backs. That player then passes it to Lindelof. And he can use his good passing ability, which he definitely has got, to move the ball forward from there. And basically Fred and McTominay don't have... that they aren't as good as Lindelof at doing that. Um, Or they're quite bad at doing that, actually. And I think that whole drop in between the strikers thing that your CDM is supposed to do... I think if you just tell Lindelof to do... we have to see how good he is at doing that, because that's quite an important part of that role. But that's such a big hole in our team as a defensive midfielder side. And I think, hey, look, we've tried Matic. He's good, but he's a bit too old. We've tried McTominay over and over and over and over again. We've tried Fred over and over and over and over again. Uh, Garner is on loan, and we haven't got another player to fill that. So if you're talking about, in in, in a case of like experimenting with that position, I think you need to try Lindelof there. Um, but I I don't know, I don't know who you would play against Atletico Madrid, because other than Lindelof, I don't know who the right choice is apart from Matic. Um, yeah, that's just some of my thoughts on uh, Lindelof's game, but I'll give him a player rating and that sort of stuff when we get into that. Anyway, let's get into, um, summary. Uh, so the first half, we've actually got some things to talk about in the first half, some actual events. Um, they made a substitution, uh, Koch, I think his name is. Um, got a very bad head injury. I'm surprised they didn't take him off the first time, because that's both a head injury and he was bleeding. I think McTominay knocked into him. I've, by the way, I've got some, I've got some words to say to McTominay today. Nothing offensive, nothing like, nothing like that. Just, um, I, I, I've got some words to say about McTominay today, but I'll save those for the, uh, the player ratings. But I'm not going to, like, attack him or offend him. I'm just going to negatively talk about his performance let's let's just say that, so there's a bit of a tease for later, anyway, uh, McTominay I think knocked into him or whatever because he was being really, really reckless today and uh, their player got substituted off eventually, I think that happened around the 20th minute, but then the substitution happened uh, t- about 10 minutes later probably should have been taken off sooner but um, there you go, so that was what happened with that, then uh, we finally scored from a corner, uh, the 34th minute Maguire Used his head in the way that he's supposed to. Um, Shaw crossed it in cro- Shaw crossed it in our 140th corner. Uh, we, we'd we gone 139 corners without scoring. And then we ended that streak on the 140th corner. Um, when you see a much more simpler take and go of just Shaw. Cross it straight in. Maguire's headed it. It's gone in. It does make you think why, why can't we do that more. I mean, McTominay's pretty... If I'm going to say anything good about McTominay, which I'm not going to say very much good about him, McTominay has been good with headers somewhat before. He scored one recently in the FA Cup, I think, against Aston Villa. Um, Varane's quite good at headers. We saw him score one the other week, I think, um, when Maguire got the goal called off because he fouled somebody. Or it was offside. Uh, and Maguire's supposed to be quite good at heading now. M- Maguire's main issue with heading has not been his ability to get the ball onto his head it's been the ability to direct that ball after it's hit his head so he can win the ball but he never really knows how to direct it but this one went in so good um good goal from a uh from a corner so there you go uh yep just a simple corner goal is not too much to analyze there but we finally finally broke the duck Of uh, the corner streaks, didn't we? Uh, Then we've got a goal from... uh, Yes, it was a combination play, wasn't it? I have to remember all these goals, don't I? Um, What was it again? Yes, uh, Bruno Fernandes scored. uh, uh, Sancho, sorry, with the cross. Um, Just before Sancho gets the ball... Lindelof makes a really really good run through the midfield um now Leeds is a team that does press you and they do get in on you and they do tackle you so like they're not a sort of wolves that will park the bus or something Leeds are somebody that will they'll try to defend but Leeds will come at you they they will press the hell out of you and there was a few attempted tackles on Lindelof there and look he did really really well to get away from that and If he can do that, I know it's only kind of once that he's sort of done it, but if he can have that kind of composure on the ball and he can be really good at passing, that's what I'm talking about in terms of him being used as a defensive midfielder because I don't really see Fred do things like that. I definitely don't see McTominay do things like that. Matic can probably do that, but again, Matic can only play like once a week. So Lindelof is just the next option that I would look to because we can't obviously sign anybody now. We're not going to recall Garner from loan. Um, so it was a good goal. This was quite a good goal, actually. I did enjoy watching this one. Well, I enjoy all the goals, but some of them are just better to watch, aren't they? Um, but yeah, he makes a really good run through the midfield. And he did it one of them things where I'm somebody who... I don't like a player to hold onto the ball for too long. And, um... Sometimes, like, when I'm watching... Because I do it sometimes on my Pez coach mode stuff, which will be back soon, by the way. I'm just sorting some things out. Um... Of like, if a player's trying to run through too many players, I'm like, pass it. Pass it before you lose it. Pass it before you lose it. And I was like, Lindelof, you've got to pass it. Lindelof, you got to pass it. <laughs> and then uh, he passed it to Sancho. Little dink cross. Bruno's in plenty of space. And then he scores the goal. Um, Very good goal. Very, very good goal. But you could do something like that more. What about if Lindelof's got the ball in midfield more and he's got players like Sancho, Pogba, uh, Bruno Fernandes next to him? And he can do. He can just lay the ball off to those players because he is very good at passing. Um, and uh, you can maybe create some more chances of like that. I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. That's that's an experiment for Man United to try, definitely. But we are just too obsessed with the academy graduate McTominay, the the English player um boy well Scottish but well British let's just say British we are too obsessed with playing him that I don't think we're going to try the Lindelof experiment that a lot of people have talked about for a while actually so but anyway that was 2-0 that was half time and we thought the job was done but it was not uh it was job was done eventually but you got a case here of the team switching off then they brought on Rafinha who I mentioned earlier and Gillard G- Gillahard? I think I've I think I've recognized that name I don't really know too much about him. Uh those are brought on. Uh and then Rodrigo scored a goal. Um this was the this was the long because they scored two goals really really quickly. Um within like a minute of each other. Uh the Rafina one that was the Dan James cross. Yes, I meant so you yeah. see. So the Rodrigo one This is just this reminds me of a goal that Burnley scored. I think it was last season. They they beat us 2-0. I think it was last season. It might have been the season before that, but I think it was only last season. Jay Rodriguez scored a very similar type goal to this. And you can sort of weirdly do this in football. I think Beckham scored a goal like this before. Um, in his uh, He did it in his own half, though, which is where you just take a long shot and it goes over the keeper's head. Because sometimes you can just catch a goalkeeper off the line. Uh, did Beckham do it against Wimbledon or something? Beckham was in his own half, and I think the keeper was off off his line. Uh, God, I miss David Beckham. My 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 favorite all time Manchester United player. Uh, not really talked about Beckham too much on this podcast, but because he doesn't play for us anymore. But Beckham's like a huge icon to me. Um. But, yeah, I remember when Beckham did this. I think it was against Wimbledon or or somebody like that. It was a long, long time ago. So, excuse me if I don't remember the exact details. Um, and then Jay Rodriguez did it last season against us. I think Jay Rodriguez's one was more of a volley. Um, but you can sometimes, hey, you notice the keeper's out on his goal. If you go for some wild... These are pretty wild type of shots to try and do. And you do have to blame your goalkeeper for these. Um... But I suppose it, it's a rare, it's a rare sort of bizarre goal where the, these goals don't happen often in football, and they're just. I I think at the time when they happen, you do have to blame your goalkeeper. But they're they're a, they're a big anomaly of, of of a goal where. I mean, I've I can off the top of my head, obviously I remembered one just then from a long time ago, the Beckham one. I can only think of three. Uh, this one, the J Rodriguez one. And Beckham's one. Those are the only three I can remember seeing. There's probably been some more ones. I mean, if you looked at, like, Rooney's goal against... Remember Shea Given was in goal? So it was either Newcastle or Man City. I think it was Man City. And he just whacked the ball from, like, near the edge of the box. That's a bit of a different type of goal. Um, Yeah, if you remember, like, Rooney's volley. I think it was against Man City. Um, But there's not a lot to analyze here I mean it's given furpo the assist he probably was the one that passed it to him, but he's just gone for this ridiculous long shot, and if they go in it makes you look incredible <laughs> but uh yeah, um I'd expect the hair to save these, but I don't know it, these these are that's like the weirdest type of goal you can score in football really apart from like you know if the ball hits the back of your head as a defender, and it goes in. You score an own goal. That that type of thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this goal, but um, it was a weird one, and yeah, I ha- the thing is right. Um, because my my dad was watching the game in the other room, because we talk a lot about football, we don't watch it together though. Um, I don't know why we just don't, and um, he sort of like shouted something, and I was like, oh, someone scored. I think he said, like, oh, no, or something like that. So I was like, oh, it probably doesn't mean that we've scored because he didn't cheer. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's happened. And then as soon as I saw this long shot coming, I was like, oh, that's what my dad was shouting about. But, um yeah, anyway, we we go on from there. It's 2-1 two, two, from that situation. Then a 2-2 two, two goal. Uh, this is just calamitous poor defending. I'm sorry, but, I mean, there's a lot of elements that go into this goal, right? So you got Bruno potentially fouled by one of the Leeds players. He does get a little touch on the ball, I'm pretty sure, and I think that that's. I think Bruno's. I think what Bruno's done there is tried to make too much of a meal out of it because every single player that plays football in this world will have been told, if you get into a situation where you might lose the ball, but you can make a make it look like you've been fouled, you you do it, um, because then if it if it means that the opposition no longer on the attack and you win a free kick then you've done your job there so every single player would have been told to do something like that but I think Bruno's tried a bit hard to look for a, a foul there I know he kind of did get clattered into a bit but he did win the ball in my opinion I, I, I think you know just because I support Man United doesn't mean I think every decision should go in, in, in their way uh, or their way because that's not that's not how football works but yeah, he got tackled, he got caught out basically on the edge of the box. Um and that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes players that hold on to the ball maybe for a bit too long. Sometimes you just gotta do quick- especially against a team like Leeds that do tend to press you. Um, you've got to be passing the ball quicker. Uh I'm not saying that's why he lost the ball here. I just think I don't quite think he maybe stood his ground enough here. I don't know, it's a, it's a difficult one to judge, but that's roughly what I think. And then the ball got played out wide to um Dan James. Um yeah, who's kind of the the elephant in the room. I I I'm going to guess that this was a strange game for James to play. Um yeah, and then uh, hey, I was told by loads of people Dan James has got no end product. Well, how did he get this crossover then? <laughs> you know, that was quite a difficult one to get over. That's not just a sort of our oh, players in loads of space and I can just whip the ball in granted there is five players five United players in the way of this cross there's one basaku all, all the back four is there i think maybe some of the other players there's at least like five or six players there and nobody gets a foot on this ball and you could argue the goalkeeper could get something on this like but to stop the cross but you you got to be clear like that, that that is at the moment that is the easiest way to score against this Man United team is to whip crosses in from the from the sides because we're really really bad at and I've pointed this out all season pretty much and probably in previous seasons. Um we are very very bad at stopping crosses and then clearing them. Because you get two chances to stop a goal like that. The first of which is either tackling the player who's crossing the ball or blocking that cross. And then when that ball's going across the whether it's going slightly in the air or across the ground, of course this one's like basically across the ground. Someone's just gotta get a foot on that. Um and nobody nobody got anywhere near it. Nobody got anywhere near it. Um and when I said earlier about Lindelof in defensive question marks, he was right near this ball. He didn't put a foot in, neither did Maguire, neither did Wan Basaka, neither did Luke Shaw. I think McTominay, maybe Sancho was that somebody there's a couple of other players I can't remember exactly who. But I don't understand why we're so bad at defending these types of goals. Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say the goals we've conceded in the last three years, like since Oli to now, so 2019, um, I'm going to say about 40% of them have probably been from crosses like this. Um, I can think of quite a few off the top of my head. But um, but yeah, it's it's a very, very poorly defended goal. Um, and look, it was a good cross from James. It was a good uh, tap-in, poacher sort of tap-in by Rafinha. And you can miss those chances. Uh, Ronaldo sort of missed one of those chances today as well. But yeah, we we got to sort that. We've got to cut that out. Um, because that's a way that Atletico Madrid could score against us as well. Especially as they have got... Who have Atletico Madrid got? they got Griezmann, Suarez, and Del Felix. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. So, yeah. Uh anyway then a bunch of other stuff happened uh yellow card yellow card um then we get to the substitutions in the game um th- th- this is a, a funny one for me with the substitutions because I oh, I I 90% think that Ralph got this right and he 90% did get this right um so you've got Alango coming on for uh, Lingard which I agree with um, I'll talk about I'll talk about individual players a bit more in the in the player ratings. That's probably the best place to do it. Then uh, Fred on for Pogba. That's one where okay, Fred came on. He scored. He scored the goal. He he did all right when he came on. I would have brought Pogba on for um no sorry Fred uh, Pogba was already on the pitch. I would have brought Fred on for McTominay, and then you could have had Fred Pogba. Bruno, I thought Bruno at Pogba was amazing in this game, and I was a bit, because so, we were drawing at that point, we weren't winning the game at that point, and I don't think you take off one of your best attackers that's been playing well when that happens, but Fred came on, I, I I agree with Fred being brought on and he did score, so he got that part right, I'm just a bit puzzled about subbing Pogba off, maybe he was saving him for Wednesday, but then still, you're still not winning the game at that point. That's not as if we're like 4-2 up then, and you're like, alright, you can save Pogba for Wednesday. I would understand that a bit more, but anyway. But yes, I, I absolutely agree with um, Alanga on for Lingard, because I think Sancho was having a very good game again, and Lingard wasn't really doing anything in this game. And the uh, subs are nicely timed as well, uh, 67 minutes. That's a pretty good time to, for them to be brought on, so some of the better substitutions we've seen in a while. Of course, there was another one later as well, which was a bit more of a defensive uh, substitution, but you almost got it right. You almost got it completely right. I mean, the player being brought on did score. Uh, actually, both of them. Sc- no, both of them scored, didn't they? Yeah, Alango scored as well. Um, so both super subs, which is good. I just don't agree with Pogba being, Pogba being taken off. That's all. So, but it didn't hurt us at the end of the day, which was good. Goodness me, you know, I talked about this being like a rough kind of game. I'm looking through this summary, and you've got one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine yellow cards. (laughs) So it was definitely a rivalry game, wasn't it? Most of them are leads. We had three yellow cards, which was Ronaldo, McTominay, Shaw. And then they've got uh, the rest of them. So some of their players as well. Um, So that happened. Then Fred did score that goal that I mentioned. Assist from Sancho. This was a great bit of play. Uh, There's a couple of little interchanged passes. Um... Yeah, and then uh, Fred passed it to Sancho. I thought Sancho was going to try and have a shot. Wouldn't have blamed him if he did. Sancho holds up the ball really nicely. Fred runs around the side. No Leeds player tracks him for some reason. Uh, again, Leeds defensive um, uh, weaknesses. I was trying to think of the right word. Uh, yeah, their def- their defensive weaknesses come into play. Nobody, None of their players track Fred. Sancho knocks the ball to him, and it's a nice little left-footed finish from Fred. Um, It's a good goal. It's a very good goal. It's a bit more of a team goal. Uh, there's a few passes in there between different players, but really good hold-up play by Sancho. He could have gone for goal, but he didn't. Obviously, we were still drawing at that point, but then we went 3-2 up, so uh, that was good. Uh, then McTominay got booked. I shall talk about McTominay in a minute. Um, Then uh, Varane being brought on for Ronaldo. That's fine. You're 3-2 up. The game's been a bit rocky, I suppose. Uh, Ronaldo hadn't scored. Uh, Ronaldo should have scored a bit earlier as well I think it was a cross from Pogba wasn't it that Ronaldo definitely should have scored um, just put it straight into the goalkeeper basically and then uh, yeah so Varane being brought on for Ronaldo I'm going to assume he went to the back 5 and then uh, we scored after that again anyway so um, yeah then uh, Bruno Fernandez doing quite a good little sort of trick thing he sort of flicked the ball up into the air Controlled it, passed it to Alangà, and uh, Alangà tucked away a nice a nice finish. Uh, there was a chance about what five ten minutes before that maybe, where um, I think it was Sancho passed the ball across to Alangà, and I think Alangà just completely misjudged his whole thing there because uh, that that's a point where Alangà took like a left footed shot, could, should have taken a right footed shot. It, 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 again, it's those things that he's got to learn as well. Uh, but he's still only, what, like, 19, so there's still plenty of time for him to learn. Uh, but he makes up for it, you know, with this good finish. And, uh, yeah, gives a bit of a taunt to the Leeds crowd. Somebody, I don't know if, if some of you saw during the, the game, somebody threw something at Alanga's head. I uh, hope it wasn't a coin, because that's really, really dangerous, throwing coins at people. Not that that crowd would have cared. Um, was it something racial, racially motivated? Or was it just it might not have specifically been for Alanga um, there was like a crowd of Man United players there there was like Maguire and Ronaldo so it might have not It might not have specifically been a racial attack against Alanga I wouldn't put it past people in this day and age to be doing that, I'm just saying it, it wasn't as if Alanga was like completely stood on his own and then had the coin thrown at him they could have been aiming for I don't know, Maguire or, or something but it does hit Alanga but then he hits back He hits back, not by actually obviously going into the crowd and doing anything, but by scoring. So uh, congratulations to Alanga for um, hitting back at the crowd there. Um, So, And if it was racially motivated, which it probably was, I'm just saying there's a small chance that it wasn't, um, then that person, they should look back at the... I mean, they showed the video footage during the game, so they can go back, they can analyse that, they can maybe spot who threw the coin, and they can ban them, hopefully. I don't know if they can do that if the person would have left earlier or I don't know but some punishment should be given to um uh that person who threw the uh, it's, pro- it's some sort of hard object I'm going to guess it was probably a coin which again is really really dangerous so uh yeah um nasty stuff very very nasty stuff um but yeah Alanger hit back he scored a good goal good I'm not trying to uh, dismiss Bruno's assist here. But Because um, that was a very good sort of flick up and control and stuff. Passed it through to a langer and it was a very good finish. And then that sealed the win in the 88th minute. Uh, that's when you when you go 4-2 up against Leeds and you score in the 88th minute. That's when you can kind of relax, sort of. So, there we go. Uh, that's the summary. That's it for the game. Um, let's get into, I've got a lot of things as well still to say about the players. Um, I've got to pick out a man in the match as well. Um, I know who my man of the match is, yeah, yeah. There's two that are contesting for it, but there's one that I'm going to give it to, and I'll tell you all about that in a minute. Let's do some housekeeping, and then I'll see you in a second. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our koalu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with koalu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system That's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up. Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes. For Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast. And support us along the way. You can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcast over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcast. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or uh, new content to talk about on Entertainment Talk. Uh, so let me read out what some of those things are for you. I did a musty review for the new Scream film. Uh, it's not a reboot, it's not a revi- It's not a remake. It's a revival slash sequel, however you want to look at that. It's the 2022 version of the fifth uh, Scream film, which is actually just called Scream. But I uh, gave that a musty rating. I really, really enjoyed my time with that and getting back to the world of Scream. Which uh, was good. Uh, first half of that was obviously spoiler free, so you can check that out if you'd like to as well. Uh, Analyzing television episode uh, did the fifteenth episode of that ongoing series, that ongoing podcast series, and it's called uh, "Continue Watching." A streaming pitch idea: uh, the idea and pitch that I've got for different streaming services and streaming boxes as well. It's focused on the topic; is focused on both of those things. Uh, is a ex- extended sort of idea of the continue watching function um, and when you hear what I have to say you'll think it's probably quite a basic thing but it's something that could be really really helpful and useful that not really many of or any of the streaming services or streaming boxes sort of do uh, so that's that episode um, talking about uh, just different features and functions and a pitch for a particular function within uh, streaming and whatnot. Uh did a uh, spoiler only episode Uh, There's no spoiler-free section to this next one. Uh, It's a spoiler episode talking about the Peacemaker cameo in the uh, finale, not the series finale, it's been renewed. A lot of DC talk as well, but digging into um, the uh, cameo scene in in the Peacemaker TV show, um, talking about that and the situation around that and everything sort of serves for Peacemaker. Um, Some of you might be wondering... Um, Where you can watch that Like if you've not got access to HBO Max and stuff Um, The actual So what I'm talking about is the cameo scene The actual cameo scene itself you can just look up on YouTube um, Which is actually how I Found the the cameo scene itself uh, Because I am not watching that show So there you go I uh, did a uh, a, bit, a bit of a new um, themed uh, thing for my recommendation reviews. I basically renamed them a bit and called them uh, Why You Should Watch. The first episode of the retitled recommendation review is for Servant. So it's called Why You Should Watch uh, Servant. Uh, talking all about what the show is about, why you should watch it, why it's so good. Um, yeah, Where you can watch it, what it's about, all, all that kind of information. Who's in it. Um, just kind of like me trying to tell you, well, why you should watch Servant. It's a recommendation type of review. Uh, there's no, um, spoilers in there because it's me trying to recommend you to watch the show. Uh, so I really enjoyed doing that as well. And you should absolutely go and watch Servant. Um, for, for those of you that just want to jump in and check it out before the episode, before you watch the, um, listen to the podcast, you can find that on uh, Apple TV+, Plus, which is called Servant so you can go and check that one out Uh, Classic Reviews has now basically wrapped up the season finale, season 5, episode 10 which is for Wallace and Gromit, the first and second episodes of the original uh, which is from 1989 Uh, so that was great to go back to Wallace and Gromit obviously got the 2-0 Brighton win podcast, talking about that Uh, what else have we got here as well uh we've got some uh, don't skip review as well for Encanto or Enchanto I think it's called Encanto which is a new Disney film that's available to watch now on Disney Plus. Uh did a must play review for um the uh, 2019 version of Modern Warfare Call of Duty Modern Warfare which I absolutely loved huge huge um uh, respect goes out to Infinity Ward for what they've been able to do with that game and continuing to make the best first person perf, first person shooters on, in in the business so uh, that was really good to talk about as well and that's everything we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org you can find us as well on your favorite podcast platforms all right let's dig into some of this then uh, player ratings David De Gea. i'm going to give him a 9 i would have given him another 10 but he did let in a uh he did let in a goal that he probably should have saved the long shot um, maybe he could have done something about the, the crossed, um, goal. The one, the Dan James assist goal. But, um, that should have been clear by the defenders. But other than that, I still think he made some really, really great saves again. And I think he had another very, very good game. So there's that. Wan-Bissaka, is a confusing, odd player, um, to try to, just to try to analyze him. Because he's really, really, really good at slide tackling, isn't he? But um, on the ball, he's just a very confusing player to try to get a grasp of what he's trying to do at certain points. Um, I'll probably just stick an average 6 on him because offensively, uh, attacking-wise, I don't think he was great. Um, I don't remember him actually doing any crosses in this game. I was trying to think of like how he was good with his crosses, but I don't remember him actually doing any crosses today. A lot of our play was down the left-hand side, I think. Um, defensively, really, really, really good. But attacking-wise, just a very confusing player. A very confusing player. So I'm just going to give him an average 6. Uh, Lindelof, I'm going to give him a 7. Um, he did. I would have given him like an 8 maybe if he hadn't done some defensive errors today. Uh, some people were saying like man of the match performance. I, I wouldn't quite go that far. Um, but uh, defensively still some question marks on him. But he is very good at passing. It's just time to maybe use him as a CDM instead of a centre back. And he has been better the last three games. I thought he was better in the previous two games that he played as opposed to this one, though. Although he does do a very good, obviously, move through the midfield in this game. Um, I still just have some question marks about him, but I do think he's been better the last couple of games. Um, But, yeah, I'm curious to see what we do with him. But then, it's just disappointing because I don't think we're going to do that CDM experiment with him because we're too obsessed with McTominay. Uh, and that's very, very disappointing, but it is what it is, and I have no control over that. Harry Maguire uh, did score a goal. Um, I'll bump his score up from a 3 to a 4, just because he did score a goal, and he did help us break the duck of the corners, I suppose. Uh, I'm just trying to look for reasons to give him a somewhat decent score. Um, Again, defensively, a a bit questionable. Um... He, he's one of our players, and a few of our players do this, but he's one of the players that just seems so nervous when he's on the ball, and I do wonder. I was speaking to my dad about this. My dad did did, did uh, disagree, but I said to I said to my dad, um, like earlier in the week, I said because of the amount of scrutiny that he's got, which is correct that he's got that scrutiny because he has been very bad. Do you think it's something to do with like? He's got the Man United captain's armband on. Do you think that adds a certain amount of pressure to him? And I think it I think it probably does. But I don't know that that will make him... I think it will take the pressure off. I don't know that it will make him his ability better. I don't know. Some of our defenders are a bit hard to analyse sometimes. Because they're very all over the place. Uh, but I will give him a 4. Because I thought he was fine. Um and he did score a goal so there's that. Uh, Luke Shaw I'm going to give him an eight. I thought we got forward pretty well. Um I thought we linked up with Sancho on that left hand side. Uh defensively questionable at certain times. Not as much as the two centre backs. Um but he did get forward quite well. Um maybe a seven maybe an eight I would give him. But I, I I'll go with maybe an eight I think. Uh, I think he did. All right, in in this game, I think it did pretty well. All right, so these next two players. <laughs> so you have got McTominay and Pogba. I've got to pick from one of them too to choose from. Now, one of them I'm going to give a lot of praise to, and one of them I'm going to completely just destroy. So, which way do I want to go first? Actually, I tell you what, I'll do. I'll 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 pause that conversation for a second because I haven't actually spoken about my man of the match. It would possibly have going to be Pogba. And it was between Pogba and Sancho for me. I'm just going to give it to... uh, Sancho just edges that for me today. Um, Again, just as usual kind of qualities. Yeah, there were some misplaced passes and things. Again, is that down to the weather? Uh, It it very well could be. But is it because he just misplaced a few passes? But creatively, you know, the, the assist for Fred's goal, holding the ball up and just... Just playing really, really well. I, th- I thought Sancho was great. Again, I'm going to give him a 10. I'm going to give both Sancho and Pogba a 10. Um, Because I thought they were both very, very good. I just thought Sancho just edged it out for me today. But Pogba was very, very, very good as well. Um, and make the most of him, everybody. Because he's probably going to be leaving. Unless we decide to pay him like 500 grand a week or whatever is being offered to him. I suppose. Uh, Alright, so I've already talked about Pogba a bit there. I did a bit of a combined play ratings between Sancho and Pogba. Scott McTominay gets a 0 today. Reckless. um, Should have been sent off. And let me me tell you a little little something about McTominay. I think he is trying to be Roy Keane. Just without, he's trying to be Roy Keane with none of the same talent and about half of the aggression. Because there's a lot of aggression and, in quotes, passion um, with with McTominay. But that passion is misplaced and is reckless. And yeah, Roy Keane obviously did some dirty tackles in his day. (laughs) I'm not going to deny that. But when you've got none of the talent that Roy Keane's got. And you're as reckless, but it's not quite, like, controlled in the same way. Um, it makes you a very, very bad footballer, basically. And McTominay really, really pissed me off in this game. He really, really annoyed me in this game. And... He's probably going to play on Wednesday. He's probably then going to play again on, I think it's Saturday. We've got the next game after that. He really, really annoys me as as a footballer. Um, There's the odd bit of play now and again where he'll like shove someone, win the ball, and make like a little pass. He'll do that now and again. That doesn't make him a good consistent footballer. But today was one of them games where because obviously a rivalry and all that sort of thing and he's like yeah I'm up for it I'm I I am, am aggressive I'm passionate and he's shoving people and he's making loads of fouls getting himself booked almost getting himself sent off um, and look if there's been a game in the past which there probably has been a game in the past where Roy Keane's gotten a bit too carried away and he's gotten and he's and he's done a foul and he's gotten himself sent off you can be annoyed at Roy Keane for those games but within those games Roy Keane probably played Was probably 10 times the player that McTominay was. Um, And I don't really want to be comparing McTominay with... Obviously, there's no comparison in terms of ability. Roy Keane is 10 times the player that McTominay will ever be. Even though McTominay is, what, 25? Um, And yes, he's being played in the wrong position as well. That doesn't quite help. But I don't know what he... I think today he just thought, oh, it's Leeds. I'll, like, get myself get myself stuck in. Um I want him to be sold. Um and it's just I just don't I, I just I get very annoyed by by McTominay. Um and look, about a season or two ago, roughly, let let's say twelve to eighteen months ago, I I liked McTominay about two seasons ago. I remember there was that period I think this was before we signed Bruno. And we were really, really, really short in midfield. Shorter than shorter than we are now, but not because of the player count, because of the injuries that we had. And I remember we had like Pereira, we still had like Lingard, we had Matic, we had McTominay, we had Fred. And we had um, somebody else, I think, was in the team as well. And McTominay was in a very good runner form, like really, really good runner form. And I remember McTominay got injured, and everybody in the fan base was going, "We've got to get McTominay back! We've got to get McTominay back!" Those days are long gone. Um, McTominay has been one of our worst players this season, um, alongside probably a few others, obviously. But uh, so, somebody, see, here is here is where you get into the captain problem with Man United because if you had McTominay doing that in the same team where you've got like a Cantona or a Roy Keane as a captain, then I would trust Roy Keane or Cantona to go over to McTominay and be like, look, you've got to cut that out, right? You're you 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 you're going to get yourself sent off. That's not helping anybody, right? Focus on what you're doing. But because now we've got Maguire as our captain, I can't imagine Maguire having that conversation with McTominay. Um, and the few times that, like, Bruno's been a captain... I would trust Bruno to do that. I would trust Ronaldo to do that. I would trust Rand to do that. Even the likes of you know, Pogba would probably be able to do that. Have that conversation with him. But that's where you just get into some of the more modern problems with Man United. Where it's like you've got a hot-headed, no-ability McTominay who like can't help himself. And then you've got Maguire, who's supposed to be the guy going over to him and talking to him and being like, Look, you've got to calm down, but Maguire's not good himself either. So what are you supposed to do about that? What you probably do is take both of them out of the team. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, that was a long talk about McTominay he gets a zero. I thought it was absolutely atrocious and just reckless, useless. I don't mean useless. I don't mean useless as a human being, by the way. I'm sure he's like a nice person and whatnot. But um Useless performance today. And I mean useless because all he was doing was just barging into people and trying to get himself uh, trying to get passionate. And that as that defi- if you were to def did it- if he were to define that, excuse me, define that in this game, that is a useless thing to do in a game of football. So that's what I'm trying to say. <sighs> anyway, um I didn't like Lingard's performance either, so he's next. Um Lingard gets a Two, I think, I think two is it, it, it is fair. Um, see, the thing is, with somebody like Lingard wants to go, his contract's out in the summer. I really hope he doesn't sign another contract extension because I think everybody within the club and Lingard himself and his brother, who posts stupid things on social media like photos of Lingard in the West Ham kit, I think everybody is probably in agreement that it's it's just time for Lingard to move on. And yeah, you got the Greenwood situation, and Lingard kind of had to stay because we were short on forwards. Uh, but I don't know. I, I I don't know what to say about Lingard. I thought he was terrible in this game. Not as bad as McTominay, but uh, I thought Lingard was was not not very good in this game. Uh, but he did get subbed off, so that's helpful, I suppose. Uh, Bruno Fernandez, I've got to give him. Uh, an eight or a nine, probably. I'm going to go with a nine. That skill was really good that he did, and that the, the assist for uh for Alanga's goal. I do think it was a bit of his wasteful self, and what I mean by that was obviously with his his attempts his, his attempts at passing. Uh, I thought he was worse in the first half with that than he was in the second half. But um, see, Bruno's one of the funny players as well. Where he'll do, he'll make like ten passes that are ridiculous and will lose the ball but then he'll make like two or three of them all that will set up like a goal scoring chance. So it's sort of like instead of just making those three to five passes that are really really good, he's got to do 15 of them. Uh and that's annoying and I don't know what you do about that. Um yeah, it's it's a difficult one to to analyze again, but he he came good in the end obviously. And uh both got a goal and yeah, got a goal and an assist, so you got to give him some credit for that, so I'll give him a 9. Uh, Ronaldo, um, I'm going to give Ronaldo an average six, I think. I think he should have scored a couple of goals today, especially that one from the Pogba cross. Uh, There was a chance that he had where the ball fell to him at the edge of the box. He sort of miscontrolled it. I don't know what was up with Ronaldo. But then he scored a really good goal in the last game. Um, I don't know. I think Ronaldo kind of wants to leave, (laughs) to be honest. And that's what I mean by the dressing room situation, is there's probably... There's probably like six to ten players in this team that just want to leave because they're just a bit fed up or they're out of contract very soon. Um, and they probably just want to leave. And I think Ronaldo probably wants to leave. I know he's only just kind of got here, but... Uh, I, I I absolutely think if if we don't win the Champions League, which is likely that we won't, and if we don't get top four... Ronaldo ain't sticking around for Europa League football, so I wonder if he's thinking about that or something, um, or if he thought this if he thought this season was going to go better. Um, I wonder, because I don't remember if anybody asked him, but I wonder when Ronaldo joined if somebody would have interviewed him and say, hey, on this return season for you at Manchester United, do you expect to win anything this season? Um... Cause I wonder, like, what did Ronaldo know about this team? Did he know about like Fred McTominay and Lindelof, Maguire, and uh, the the I don't know. What what did he know about the team? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. So we'll see. Anyway, that's the starting eleven player ratings. Let's get into the substitutions. You've got Alanga. Um, I'd have to give Alanga a. I'll give him an eight. I think as a nine is a bit too hard. A bit too. A bit too. Um, high. Um yeah, good good uh, finish with this with the with the goal there at the end. Did miss a chance, but um I'll give him actually I'll give him a. s I'll give him an eight, whatever, I'll give him an eight. Uh Fred was good when he came on, got the goal that gave us the the lead, and obviously Alanga finished things off. Uh so Fred was alright when he came on, it was pretty good. I'll give him an eight as well. And uh Varan came on but it was right near the end, so I don't remember anything that he did. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, let me just read out our bench just in case some of you didn't know. We had Diego Delo, uh Alanga, Fred, Dean Anderson, Juan Mata, uh, Nemanja Matic, Marcus Rashford, Alex Tellez and Raphael Varane. Uh, and then missing players, there's only three. Cavani, Greenwood and Heaton. Uh, Cavani with a groin injury, although apparently he turned up to watch the boxing last night. So I'm not sure what that's about. And then uh, Heaton with a groin injury, not that we ever use. Heaton, but there you go uh, They've got some missing players Yeah, they've got Bamford, Cooper I don't know how to pronounce That other guy's name, so I'm not going to try They've got somebody called Greenwood, who's English That's really weird Sam Greenwood, age 20 English Where's this guy play? Midfielder, huh I, I didn't know anything about him Um, And then Calvin Phillips With a thigh injury So There you go Alright, that's it for the episode, isn't it? Yes, reached the end. Um, if you would like to, gosh, I've been going nearly an hour. I've had a lot to say today. Um, let me know what you think of everything I mentioned. Anything that you wanted to mention? Do you think I am completely wrong about McTominay? Do you agree with me, or somewhere in the middle? Uh, what do you think about um, Pogba? I guess in this game, Sancho, who is your man of the match? What do you think of what do you think of Lindelof? Should we do? You th- do you think we should try him as a defensive midfielder? Do you think we should take him out of the team completely? Uh, What do you think should happen with the, I guess, defensive choices there? What did you think of wan funny little performance? And um, what what do you think of freaky long-range goals like the one today? Um, Let me know all your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments about all that kind of stuff. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, contact page information in your show notes. Uh, Thank you all very much for listening today. It's uh, always good to do these episodes. Um, we won, which is good as well. Um, I'll be back Wednesday night for the Atletico Madrid game. That's going to be a tasty one, I think. Uh, I have no idea how that game's going to go. Uh, so just to quickly let you all know. Um, so yes, we've got... Let me load my flash score app again. Of course, now it's going slow, isn't it? Uh, right, Wednesday 23rd, um, Champions League... Atletico Madrid away. I don't think away goals are a thing this season. So we don't get away goals advantage. I like the away goals rule. I think it's quite fun. Uh, Then uh, Saturday 26th, 3 o'clock against Watford. That's the game where you could try the Lindelof experiment. So those are the next two. And then we've got some big games in March coming up as well. So uh, look out for all of it obviously on the on the games look out for our coverage here on entertainment talk um and everything like that the other options for writing in as well uh you can look at the email box that's um on the website version of this, this episode uh, you can find that just below the audio player thing uh you can also find the clickable email name that you can use as well to write in uh in the meantime you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org tv video games films manchester united podcast so take a look out. Uh, for all of that you can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform by searching for our name entertainment talk you could probably search for Matthew on there as well because they're all under my name but just search for entertainment talk you can find all the episodes that we're doing over there as well Uh, you can also let other people know about the content that we're making just use word of mouth so obviously tell people that you know about what we're doing where they can find it social media share them around on those platforms as well uh, that really rarely helps us out. Um, so do that as well. Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. For those things. Um, that's how you can support Entertainment Talks. So please consider doing one of those things to help us out a bit more. Uh, for all of that. Uh, if you want your TV and your film news, david has got you covered over on GeekTown.co.uk, GeekTown Radio, the GeekTown Radio episodes are on Tuesdays. Look out for those. But look out during the week or whatever. K for your TV and your film news Bex is still streaming very regularly over on Twitch, Trista B-Y-T-E-S go and give her a follow over there on her platform uh, for lots of great stuff, you can follow me on Twitch as well eTalkUK for my different gaming streams um, for all of that kind of stuff uh, eTalkUK over on Twitch, if you've missed any of the previous streams, I do need to put one of them up on YouTube, but it's mostly up to date over there, YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays that's also where you can find the video game clips I need to update those as well Uh, So more content coming out to the YouTube channel, Entertainment Talk Plays, just subscribe to that and you'll be notified of all those things. Thanks for listening and um, I'll catch you either... I'm not recording anything actually until Wednesday. Um, Anything Entertainment Talk related anyway. Uh, Until Wednesday, so I'll see you for all that. Until then, thanks for listening and goodbye.